It's amazing how our doubtful minds turn what is meant to be a comfort to us into a terror. Satan uh, works on that, of course, and very often misinterprets God's Word so that what is meant to be good news becomes bad news. And one of those instances is is in the word election. Election. It's part of the good news. But people have misused this word so that it's become a terror. Some people say, well, some are elected, and some are, that is, some are elected to be saved, and some are elected to be lost, and you never know who you are until the end. Well, that's far from good news. That, in fact, is a terror, because it has been mis- misused by the devil in order to create that terror in us. The fact is, and I'm going to show you right now, the fact is that the word election is wonderful good news. See, Paul is talking in chapter 9 about the salvation of Israel. He's worried about Israel terribly. He would rather he be lost than they be lost, and he would like to trade his life for theirs. An amazing statement in the first part of Romans chapter 9. But he explains to us that it's not as if the word of God had failed because God is going about saving people by faith. He's not going about saving people by nation. That nation will be saved for sure. Um, uh, That's made clear in the latter part of chapter 11, the nation of Israel, that is. But in the meantime, God is instilling faith in people. Listen to what it says. This is by review now in chapter 9, verses uh, uh, 6, 7, and 8. But it is not that the word of God has taken no effect, for they are not all Israel who are of Israel, nor are they all children because they are the seed of Abraham. But in Isaac your seed shall be called. That is, those who are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are the are counted as the seed. Now, this is not a teaching about spiritual Israel that we have taken over from literal Israel. It's a teaching about how God goes about saving people. He instills faith in them. That's what it means when we are called children of Isaac. Why Isaac? As I mentioned the other day, because Isaac was the result of a promise. He came to birth not because of Abraham's potency or the fertility of his wife Sarai, but because of a promise God made that Abraham would have a child in his old age. He promised that at 75, and at 99, God came to him and said, This time next year you will have a son, and his name shall be called Isaac. And that name means laughter. Joy comes to the soul when we realize that God is fulfilling his promises for us in doing things for us that we cannot do. And so Paul carries that argument through by saying to us that, uh, telling us, reminding us of Rebecca and her children and uh, the two that would come forth from her, Esau and Jacob, the Esau being the firstborn. But God said, no, Jacob will be the firstborn. And so, you see, God was not following the natural line. He was preparing Jacob, as he was preparing Esau as well, but that would come later. 
Jacob was going to go through a struggle and a wrestle with God, and his name would be called Israel. And what does that mean? It means you have wrestled with God and won. And so, you see, God is bringing forth these various people, training them and putting faith in them. And so he says this, and this is why election needs to be understood as good news and not something terrifying. For the verse 11 of chapter 9, for the children not being born, nor having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him who calls. Did you get that? Election, the word election is followed by an explanation that it means that God is saving people by his call, not by our works. In other words, then, election is an example of God's salvation by faith alone, not an example of salvation by works. When we hear the word election, we need to understand that God is taking up our cause, not electing you as opposed to damning somebody else, but electing you to, to fulfill a certain mission in the world. When you believe in Jesus Christ, you have a mission, and that mission is that you then speak of him to others. You testify with your life or your words or your service to God, and people look up and wonder what makes you tick, and that's why you have an existence in the world. You are a light shining on a hill. You're a light in the darkness. This is what God is doing, electing people throughout the world. Now then, so that you can make sure that I'm on the right track here, look at verse 16. So then, it is not of him who wills, nor of him who runs, but of God who shows mercy. You see then what Paul is getting at through chapter 9. He's putting the responsibility of salvation into the hands of God, not into our hands. Now, you may think, well, yes, I know that, so what's the point? Well, wait a minute. Modern Christianity has, by a long measure, got things upside down, back to front and inside out. Because what we tend to think in regard to salvation is that we made a choice to believe in Jesus and therefore we are saved. We came to Christ at a certain point in our life, we surrendered to Jesus, and therefore we are saved, and we repented of our sins and we became Christians. That's the general understanding of salvation, isn't it, in the Western world? But it's wrong. Oh yes, we do come to Christ. Oh yes, we do repent. Oh yes, we do have faith. But what we have failed to understand is this, that no man would ever come to salvation by simply repenting of his own volition or by believing by his own volition. He comes to Christ because God the Father draws him. 
Did you get that? He comes to Christ because God the Father draws him, and that is what election is all about. Let me repeat this verse again in verse 16. So then it is not of him who wills, nor that is not of him who has willpower to come to God and believe, nor is it of him who runs, that is, the, it's not, it doesn't come about, salvation does, doesn't come about by a person who endures, runs the race, and keeps going in the grand inter, eternal marathon until he gets to the end. It's not dependent on that, but it is dependent on God who has mercy. Let me read the verse one more time. So then, it is not of him who wills, nor of him who runs, but of God who shows mercy. We have been very loath in the West to put God in the driving seat, because it seems to suggest that it's all coming from him rather than our free will and our uh, independence. We have got our political views mixed up with our spiritual views. We think that we're all um, living in a democratic society where we are free to make choices, and we then superimpose that idea, that political idea, onto the gospel. It is totally a mistake. Because the fact is, the gospel is declaring God's work. When Jesus told the disciples about a ri- the difficulty of a rich man getting into heaven, the disciples were aghast. More than aghast, the original language suggests that they were terrified. Because he said, children, how difficult it is for a rich man to enter heaven. And the disciples said, well, then, who can get in, Lord? And he said, With man it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. That is to say, salvation generated from mankind is an impossibility. For mankind to come up with eternal life from its own resources is an utter impossibility because mankind is under the power of corruption and death and sin from the kingdom of Adam. But Jesus has come to the world sent by his Father to draw us all to him. And he said, when I am lifted up, that is upon the cross, I will draw all peoples to myself all to myself. And so this is what God's election is about. Let me remind you that Paul says in chapter 11, let's see, what is the verse here? Yes, verse 28, concerning the gospel, they are, that is the Jewish people, are enemies for your sake. In other words, they don't believe it. But concerning the election, they are beloved for the sake of the fathers. And so, you see, it is not simply people who are Gentiles and who have come to Christ who are elected. They came to Christ because God drew them to him. In the same way, God will draw all Israel to himself. For he says in verse 26 of chapter 11, and this is where I'm jumping ahead, of course, and so all Israel will be saved as it is written, the deliverer will come out of Zion and he will turn away ungodliness from Jacob, for this is my covenant with them when I take away their their sins. Now you say, well, Colin... It's interesting, but, you know, Israel is of no real concern to me. Oh, yes, it is. 
because I'm telling you that Israel is a type of what God will do for all the world. And well, and when God in chapter 16 of Ezekiel declares that he will provide an atonement for all the whole house of Israel, it means that he will provide an atonement for the whole world. That is the good news of the gospel. You need to keep your eye on what God does for Israel, not on a political. I'm not talking politically here. Not what God does politically. That is not the issue. You need to keep an eye on what the Scriptures say about Israel because that is what God is providing for the world. So then, come to see this. In all your struggles, you are looking in the wrong place when you look for your security on the tenacity of your faith, the strength of your faith. No, you look to the drawing power of God in Jesus Christ. His tenacity is where it counts. His keeping hold of you and staying the course is where it counts. And when you're down and out and the chips are down, you look up to God and say, Oh, Father, I cannot see a way through, but I thank you that you are my light and you are my pathway even in the dark, and by you and your grace and your love I will come through this. Thank you for listening today. Colin Cook here, and how it happens. If you want to hear this program at any time of the day or night, go to soundcloud.com or podbean.com and download and uh, key in how it happens with Colin Cook when you get there. And please, could you keep in mind that this program is supported by radio listeners? So if you'd like to send a donation, please do so. Send it to FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160 or make a donation online would you at faithquestradio.com thanks so much i'll see you next time cheerio and god bless